On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla sets a new all-time quarterly production and delivery record, the Model Y gets an optional acceleration boost, California announces a plan to become the first U.S. state to ban the sale of new gasoline-powered passenger vehicles, a couple of long-requested features are finally on the way, and more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This is episode 270 of Ride the Lightning for October 4th, 2020. Days of the Boxer hanging out behind me here. And it is yet another busy week of Tesla news. You know, I have to say, I wasn't sure if it would be quiet this week because we had a big, big event last week, a combo event. Of course, Battery Day along with the annual shareholder meeting. But nope, Plenty of fun stuff happened this week, too, so stay tuned. I've got a lot of fun topics to cover for you. Before I get going, I wanted to quickly mention that this month's Patreon bonus episode is up for those supporting at the uh, appropriate tier there, and it's a little bit something different this time. Instead of the usual uh, extra phone calls from the Ride the Lightning hotline, which is always fun to do, this time I'd, it's been so busy with, with all things Tesla that several weeks ago, I'd done an interview with a gentleman by the name of Sam Vonderheide, who started a quest with his kids to road trip in his Model S to every single In-N-Out Burger location. And there are hundreds of them in the Western United States. So uh, I ran that interview as the Patreon-exclusive bonus episode this month. So if, uh, if you have access to that, give it a listen, and I'd love to hear what you think about it. But otherwise, now let's get rolling with this week's news, starting with the big one. The end of Q3 means we have the production and delivery numbers. And yes, the news is all good. It's an all-time record once again for Tesla. 139,300 Tesla vehicles delivered to customers on 145,036 cars produced. Model 3 and Model Y accounted for 89% of that delivery total with 124,100 deliveries. That's combined. They don't give the, uh, the individual tallies for the 3 and the Y. So that's 3 and Y combined. And then the S and the X combined accounted for the remaining 15,200 cars. Now, with the S and the X, you can reasonably guess that it's probably about a 50-50 split, maybe 55-45 or so in favor of the X, because that's uh, back when we did get those numbers separately. That's generally where the Model X had settled in slightly more. Uh, For a while, it was still the S, but then as the Model 3 has come around, the X has kind of overtaken that number as far as the split between the S and the X go. I would be really interested to hear the 3 and the Y individual numbers, just because it would give us a better idea of how Model Y production is ramping up. As we know, at least, or as Elon has repeatedly stated, Tesla does expect the Model Y to actually have higher production volume in the long run than the Model 3 does. So I'd be curious where we are on that that line graph, that production graph. But for now, we just have continue, uh, excuse me, combined numbers. 
Now, as Giga Shanghai in China, as their production continues to ramp up, they're going to start making Model Ys there for the Chinese market in Q1 of 2021. And again, as Fremont's Model Y production continues to rise, because it's still on the way up, it is reasonable to expect, barring any other horrible, unforeseen global events, that we're probably going to spend a lot of quarters in the coming couple of years, if not longer than that, hopefully longer than that, talking about Tesla breaking its all-time quarterly production and delivery record. In fact, to that end, it's going to be fun here in another, what, year or so to add another new vehicle, probably even two, into that mix of, of the production totals and delivery totals because we'll see the Cybertruck come in in about a year, maybe a touch more, but roughly a year, give or take, and even the Tesla Semi. I mean, I don't know if Tesla is going to report deliveries of that since it's not a passenger class vehicle. Um, not That'll be interesting to see how they handle that as far as, I mean, I don't know if they're legally required to disclose the number of semis they'll produce or, or not, but in any case, we should have a couple of more Teslas added into this, uh, this report here in, in another four or so quarters. But I wanted to say in conclusion here, an, a heartfelt congratulations to everybody on the Tesla team for their very well-earned victory lap this weekend here. The deliveries were reported on Friday, uh, Friday morning. So enjoy your weekend, everybody at Tesla, because everybody at every level of the company pitches in, and uh, they just did a fantastic job making a whole heck of a lot of new Tesla owners really happy this past quarter. Next up this week... Resolving a question that I was left with last week after Battery Day in regards to whether or not the $25,000 car, due in about three years' time, is in fact the same car as the hot hatch slash city car that's been talked about in recent weeks in the context of Giga Berlin, uh, Viv who uh, often has, uh, she's really good about getting Elon to reply to stuff, she tweeted at him saying, quote, Think you've mentioned Giga Shanghai and Berlin Design Centers will both design original cars. Does that refer to the same smaller car? And Elon replying, quote, both will do original cars. So that settles it then. They are two different, the $25,000 car is uh, one vehicle, and then there's going to be a second vehicle. The question I suppose is, all right, I think it's reasonable to say one of them is probably a compact sedan and one of them's probably the hot hatch. I would presume that Shanghai is going to do the compact sedan and Berlin will do the hot hatch because it feel I mean I'm not I'm no expert but it seems like in my layman's understanding that that the European market would want the hot hatch that would be more of a of a European market vehicle and a compact sedan would be more of a of a Chinese market vehicle. Now, that's not to say that each of those vehicles won't be sold in, on other continents, because I would presume certainly the United States, uh, if not other markets, will get the one or both of those vehicles, presumably both of those vehicles. I know my wife wants the hot hatch. She, she wants the smallest Tesla that Tesla will possibly build. So uh, we'll look for those here in the coming 
three to five years, but exciting stuff. A couple of new vehicles that are now at least officially acknowledged. Because remember, after the Cybertruck unveil, Elon actually said, we probably won't have another unveiling for quite a while. And I suppose that's that's still going to be true, but at least now we know that we know what the next two vehicle projects are going to be. Of course, they're still they're now going to be moving full steam ahead into Cybertruck as well as Semi and Roadster. So there's plenty on their plate, but we know what the next course of the meal is going to be as well. Next up this week, I wanted to just give you a public service announcement. This was sent in via listener Bob James. Bob, thank you very much for this. I thought this was really cool, and I wanted to pass it along for those of you in the southeastern United States. The Tesla Owners Club of Atlanta is going to try and set a world record for the longest Tesla caravan. They're aiming to do it this December, in in fact, specifically December 12th. And their goal is to get a mile-long caravan, approximately 300 cars. And I bring this up uh, not only because it's interesting, but also because if you'd like to get involved, there's uh, a good reason to do so. All proceeds from those registering for the event will go to Operation Underground Railroad, which uh, on their website is described as such. Operation Underground Railroad is a nonprofit founded by Tim Ballard and Mark Stott, which assists governments around the world in the rescue of human trafficking and sex trafficking victims with a special focus on children. So great to see that they are organizing this event with a good cause in mind. So to register or just get more information or both, go to milesthroughtime.com slash Tesla dash Guinness dash record. And let me just spell Guinness for you because that one can definitely be a little bit tricky. I could speak from personal experience. Uh, I've tried to type that out like, wait, how, does, how is Guinness beer spelled again? Uh, so it's G-U-I-N-N-E-S-S. So milesthroughtime.com slash Tesla dash Guinness dash record. Next this week, not directly Tesla related, but you hear you heard me mention it at the top of the show and certainly relevant to Tesla considering the company is headquartered here in California and additionally relevant after battery day last week and all of Tesla's future plans over the next 10 years, California will become the first state in the United States to ban the sale of new internal combustion engine passenger vehicles. California Governor Gavin Newsom taking to Twitter and other venues to issue a statement saying, quote, we're facing a climate crisis. We need bold action. California is phasing out the internal combustion engine. By 2035, every new car sold in California will be an emission-free vehicle. Cars shouldn't give our kids asthma, make wildfires worse, melt glaciers, or raise sea levels. Transportation is responsible for more than 50% of California's greenhouse gas emissions, 80% of smog-forming pollution, and 95% of toxic diesel emissions. California will be leading the nation in this effort, joining 15 other countries that have committed to phasing out gasoline-powered cars. We will use our market power to push zero-emission vehicle innovation and drive down costs for everyone." To this, I say bravo. 
Uh, California is certainly not a perfect place. It has plenty of challenges that it faces now and in the coming years. But I will honestly say, and I said this back uh, in, in earlier in the year as well, I am proud to live here. It's nothing against any other state. I do love California, and uh, things like this make me proud to live here. They're part of that reason. It's California has, it's, it's really, I, I don't think it's subjective to say, I think it's pretty objectively fair to say that California has really always led the way in the United States on raising emissions standards, and now you have this, a new, much bolder step. So let's see if having California new car sales taken away from legacy auto manufacturers, because, hey, California's a big state. We represent a pretty significant chunk of, uh, of automobile sales. In 15 years from now, uh, the clock is now ticking. So let's see if that ticking clock spurs any of the existing legacy auto manufacturers into taking more serious action to transition to electric vehicles. Now, technically, they could produce other kinds of zero emissions vehicles, be it hydrogen or something else, but electric certainly seems to be the way to go. Uh, that is what the technology has proven out thus far. Next up this week, fun story. The, in fact, this broke right after battery day, but this was, this was the one story. I said it at the beginning of last week's show. Oh, that, you know, I, was, I recorded a little early to get it out to the Patreon folks a little early because it was the big Battery Day recap episode. Sure enough, I did miss this. It popped on uh, late, late Thursday night after I'd already recorded. But here you go. If you are a Model Y long-range owner, so this is not applicable to the performance Model Y, but if you have a long-range Model Y, you now have an acceleration boost upgrade available to you. I want to tip my cap here to Ride the Lightning listener Andre from Quebec, who was the first to point this out to me the night that it broke. $2,000 is the cost of the upgrade, and it will lower your 0 to 60 time from 4.8 seconds down to 4.3 seconds. That is in the non-performance crossover SUV. That's pretty incredible. 0 to 60 in 4.3 seconds in a crossover SUV that's not even the performance variant of said crossover SUV. Now, I have to say here, I have to uh, hold my hat in my hand in front of you all and say, I was wrong about this previously. I had said that I thought this probably wouldn't happen, that the Model Y probably wouldn't get an acceleration boost optional upgrade because I figured they'd have baked it in already given everything that they'd already learned about these motors. You know, it's the same motors in the 3 and the Y. They'd already learned a lot from the Model 3 fleet. But of course, in hindsight, as I sit here now, I should have known better. I should have known that Tesla would start a bit conservatively even when applying those same motors to a new vehicle project, and then they would leave some time for those Model Ys to be out in the real world and accumulate some real-world fleet data, then they would analyze that data, see that the batteries and drivetrains were all looking fine and not stressed, and then they would go ahead and offer that acceleration bump as what is, for Tesla, a very easy money paid upgrade in the sense that it doesn't even require a service center visit. All it is is a flip of the switch on your account and an over-the-air software update 
gets pushed to your car, and boom, your uh, motor is tweaked via software, your motor output, and your zero to 60 time has half a second shaved off of it. So if you are interested in that, go into your Tesla app for you Model Y long range owners, head into upgrades and you should see it there for you. Next story this week, again, it's a busy one. I've still got several more after this. A number of you have called in about uh, about this or otherwise wanted this for a while, and it now appears that it's finally going to come to fruition, and that is waypoints for your destination, waypoints to your destination, I should say, in the Tesla navigation system. So someone tweeted Elon, that's clearly very passionate about this, quote, day 12 of tweeting until Tesla adds waypoints to their navigation system, to which Elon replied and said, you really want waypoints this much? Question mark. And then later, my friend Trevor from the Tesla owners online forums quote tweeted that tagging Elon and and then Elon replied to that saying, fine, we'll do it already, adding a smiley face emoji to it. So who knows when, but I imagine that it has now been put on the software team's plate and we should see it in the coming months. Probably not weeks, if I had to guess, unless they decide to designate it as a super high priority. And they might, it's possible that they might, with the holiday travel season approaching here. I mean, that's only, what, six, seven weeks away till Thanksgiving. So it's possible, but I would just temper your expectations accordingly. Definitely don't expect it, like, next week, but it is uh, apparently on the way, so good news there. This next story is an interesting one. The video doorbell company Ring is readying a product that plugs directly into your Tesla to allow you to do something that a lot of us have wanted from Sentry Mode for a while now, and that is getting live feed videos from the car's eight built-in surround cameras. Ring took to their official Twitter account to say, own a Tesla? We've created a way to view recorded footage from Tesla's built-in cameras so you can keep an eye out directly from the Ring app with an optional connectivity plan. Learn more about Ring Car Connect here, and then they gave a uh, website, which if you're curious is to go uh, look at it, it's ring.com slash announcements, and they do know that this is United States only for some reason. When you go to that website, it says the following about the Ring Car Connect, quote, Tap into your car's built-in cameras to get alerts and watch recorded video in the Ring app. The first compatible cars are Tesla Models 3, S, X, and Y, which would be all of them. Uh, Watch Tesla Sentry Mode and recorded driving footage over Wi-Fi or from anywhere with an optional LTE connectivity plan. Uh, And then it also mentions that this product is due out next year in 2021. Well, it'll be interesting to see if Tesla plays ball with the Ring folks on this or uh, if they decide to implement something in software to lock out a product like this. Now, I'm not saying that Tesla would or should, but unless this is fully authorized, I mean, you might even use the term officially licensed, then it's entirely possible that Tesla might not want to sign off on this just in case it causes any problems with the car, poses any security software risks for the car, etc. I mean, 
let me let me clarify. I don't mean to sound negative about this cuz on paper this is a very appealing feature, but I'm just sitting here trying to think uh I'm trying to run all the scenarios in my head and think about what might happen here because this does not op- appear to be officially licensed. Now, a Twitter user who goes by the handle the kilowatts and the kilowatts follows me. So if you're listening to this, hello. The kilowatts tweeted back at Ring saying, "Ring, can you confirm this product is made in partnership with Tesla?" And Ring's reply was a uh, what I would consider a corporate version of no. <laughs> they said, "Quote, hey there, Ring Car Connect is an API for car manufacturers and is available for any car manufacturer." The first vehicles compatible with the Ring Car Connect are Tesla models 3X, S, and Y, end quote. So uh, not exactly a yes, is it? It does kind of sound like, well, we're just tapping in with the API, that's all. So uh, if Tesla does okay this, though, the more optimistic way, I think, to look at this would be to say that, yes, this is totally awesome, and it is exactly a feature that a lot of folks have requested for a while Although I have to think, you'd have to believe that Ring reached out to Tesla before announcing the product with full support for Tesla vehicles, but I guess we'll find out more next year, one way or the other, as this product gets ready to release. Two more stories for you before I move on to the Ride the Lightning hotline this week. First up, another city has added a Model 3 to its police cruiser fleet. And this one, in my humble opinion, carries a bit of extra symbolism because it's a city in, of all places, Michigan, home of the big three automakers. And as you all know from following Tesla, however long you followed it, Michigan is a state that has been, I think it's fair to say, one of the more hostile to Tesla in both a legislative way for sure and perhaps even a public perception way given how entrenched The big three are there. But anyway, I saw this on the Tesla Motors Reddit, so I want to tip my cap to them. And the city in question is Holland, Michigan. It's southwest of Grand Rapids, and its population is just over 33,000 people. The Holland Sentinel newspaper writes, quote, The fully electric car is somewhat of a test drive for the city of Holland, which is looking to transition its fleet of vehicles away from traditional internal combustion engine vehicles and toward hybrid and electric options as they become more feasible. Quote, You'll notice we're only buying one. We're not buying four of them, city manager Keith Van Beek told Holland City Council before it approved the purchase. Quote, Because we want to do that evaluation so that we have a better feel. End quote. Finance director Tim Vagel said advantages of the Tesla, its superior performance on test drives, safety rating, warranty, and resale value, for example, put it ahead of the city's other electric options. The Tesla will be used by HDPS detectives who have typically driven various models of sedans over the years. Mayor Nathan Box also said he expects the vehicle to pay off some of the additional cost of the purchase through the savings in fuel costs. The city will be keeping track of these costs as it evaluates the success of the pilot. Quote from the mayor, Yes, there's a higher front-end cost on this, but the fuel savings alone is generally pretty significant. End quote. Well, we as Tesla owners and enthusiasts 
already know how this is going to play out, not just because we know these cars, but because we've watched other towns do this already and they're that are further along in the process. And we know that the answer is Holland is going to love their police cruiser Model 3. It's going to go very well, uh, barring them somehow getting a lemon of a Model 3. So I have to say, I look forward to the day soon where I stop doing these town or city X got a Model 3 for its police feet fleet stories because sooner rather than later, I'm confident uh, it's going to be so common of a story that it won't even be newsworthy anymore. And that will be a good day when that day arrives. Finally, this week, listener Camille sends in this about an aftermarket upgrade if you are a Model 3 Standard Range Plus owner. So again, this is not an official Tesla thing. This is aftermarket. And I believe this company is pronounced, actually, I'm not sure. So I'm going to guess Hans Show, because it's spelled H-A-N-S-S-H-O-W, all one word. Hans Show, please correct me if I'm wrong. They are offering an $80 kit that activates the physically present but not connected and activated speakers that are in the car on the standard range plus model three. So what this does, if you decide to purchase this $80 kit is upgrades you to the premium audio system that the rest of the model threes have, which will total you at 14 speakers, a subwoofer and two amps. So the upgrade kit activates the six dormant speakers in the standard range plus unless you've got a newer standard range plus from March, 2020 uh, onward, in which case it's four speakers and all you're doing, it's just a simple wiring harness that gets installed. According to Hans show, the DIY kit can be installed in minutes and greatly improves the sound quality in your standard range. Plus unlike similar products on the market, the kit from Hans show has no uh, adverse effects on your sound system. It can be turned up fully without needing to restart the car. And since it's plug and play, it also has no impact on your warranty. That little uh, summary write-up was from driveteslacanada.ca. So a tip of the cap to them, driveteslacanada.ca. You can learn more information there or from Hans show directly, which uh, their website is hautopart.com. H-A-U-T-O-P-A-R-T. Dot com. All right, that was a very busy week of Tesla news, but stay tuned. I've got plenty of your excellent phone calls coming up. I got a ton of calls after battery day last week, which is great. I want to hear from you. So let's do that right after this. All September long, Ride the Lightning is sponsored by Teslab. Teslab is an incredibly useful app that complements your Tesla ownership experience by helping you see and understand exactly how your vehicle is performing well beyond what the car shows you. I've been using it myself and think of it as a fitness tracker for your car, kind of like a Tesla version of a Fitbit or an Apple Watch. You can get real-world range estimates in real time. You can monitor charge rates at superchargers to make sure you're getting all the juice you're supposed to. You can rate the superchargers and see other users' ratings, including crowdsourced information about stuff like nearby food options and clean bathrooms. 
The creators of Teslab have even gamified it if you're interested in that aspect of it, offering friendly competitions with other Teslab users in your area for things like, say, who's driven the most efficiently that day or who's visited the most superchargers in a day, for example. Best of all, you can export your data for your further knowledge, records, and even for your business accounting purposes. All this information and a lot more is available with Teslab, which you can get on the App Store and Google Play. Learn more and sign up at teslab.app RTL. The app is free to use for life, but you can upgrade to a pro account for the price of a cup of coffee and get way more out of it. Check it out. That's teslab.app slash RTL, T-E-Z-L-A-B dot A-P-P slash RTL. As promised, it is time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline where you can call in and participate in the podcast, which I welcome and invite you to do. I would love to hear from you. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic, there is one of two easy ways you can use to call in. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get through as many calls each week as possible. And then email that file to me. The email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can take that same 90 second or less phone call and actually just leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's a toll free number that you can call and it's 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let me first go to Ellis from Texas. Welcome to the show, Ellis. Hi, Ryan. It's Ellis from New Braunfels, Texas. I'm a longtime listener. First time calling in. Just wanted to address the question I heard you ask Elon during the battery day uh, question and answer. And that is regarding the... Uh, change to the law to allow uh, Tesla to sell directly in Texas. Uh, Unfortunately, Elon couldn't have any deal there, and I'm assuming he didn't want to answer that because he didn't want to mess up their uh, lobbying efforts. Um, The only way that can be changed is through a change to Texas law. Texas lawmakers only meet every other year. They're coming up on uh, another legislative session beginning this January through roughly March, and uh, I'm sure that then Texas uh, Tesla's lobbying will be in full force, as will the Dealers Association that has kept the law from being changed in the past. Anyway, just wanted to give you that update. Thank you, Ellis. If you've been listening for a while, you occasionally hear me say that I part of the reason I love the hotline part of this podcast is because occasionally I learn new stuff, and I am always happy to learn new information and become a little bit more knowledgeable in all things Tesla. And in this case, you have taught me something. I was not aware that Texas lawmakers only meet every other year. I mean, I confess, I don't know a lot about politics, but for whatever reason, that surprises me. I just, I think I would have assumed, I I did, I did assume that they were in session year round and that pretty much all politicians were kind of 365 day a year jobs. But anyway, that definitely helps set the proper context for my hopes and expectations that Tesla will be able to successfully get that law changed. I guess then we're going to keep a close eye on this 
starting in January. So Ellis, thank you again. Appreciate the call. Jeff from Myrtle Beach is up next. Go ahead, Jeff. And friends, this is Jeff from Myrtle Beach. I'm just heading home from a uh, wedding I photographed about 400 miles away from home, uh, traveling back in my standard range plus, and the trip has been fantastic. Uh, I had a question for you slash little bug that I have. Um, we have a less than a month old, and I've noticed any time I go to put him in his car seat in the car that the climate control immediately turns off as soon as I close the door. So kind of my hack around that is to crack the driver door before I put him in or to make sure I click the fan and make sure I keep the climate on. Um, it would be nice if there was a smoother way to do that. I'm not sure if you have any uh, recommendations or anybody else listening has any better uh, a better way to do that, but that would be uh, a nice change if they could implement something. I'm not sure what. Um, and then another thing I uh, wanted to ask you is how much range do you think is enough like is it when they can hit a thousand miles per charge that's going to be kind of the amount and everything's going to taper off or do you think it's going to be something where we're always chasing you know a thousand miles 1500 miles 2000 miles uh per charge super curious uh wondering what your thoughts and everybody else's thoughts are uh just like everybody always says keep up the great work uh i've been listening since right before the elon episode so i feel like i'm part of the original crew But uh, thanks for all you do. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Hey, Jeff, I'll speak to your second question first. Uh, Obviously, it's just my opinion. Elon says 300 miles. My answer is 300 miles in any driving condition, be it extreme cold, snow, extreme heat, whatever. So the Roadster should be able to do that at 620 miles of overall rated range, Although, as a side note, I don't remember if I mentioned this last week or not. My apologies if I'm repeating myself. But after the battery advancements that we heard about last week, I think the Roadster is going to end up being a 700-plus mile range car by the time it releases. But uh, anyway, uh, of course, I say that Roadster is a bad example anyway because Roadster is obviously not really fit for winter duty at least not on the Michelin Sport Cup 2 tires that it's going to come with. But anyway, that's my answer. 300 miles in any driving condition, which probably means, you know, a 450, 500 mile overall rated range. Uh, for, for your concern with your infant, it is a good one. Uh, leaving your door cracked is a good way to go. But I'm certainly I'm open to other suggestions from the audience on that one. Thank you very much for your call, and Jaime from Culver City is next. Take it away, Jaime. Yo, Ryan, what's happening? This is Jaime from Culver City. Wanted to send you a belated happy birthday. Also wanted to ask, uh, what are your thoughts? How long will a Tesla vehicle last? I think I heard Elon say up to 50 years in the battery day presentation, but I'm not sure if that was exactly what I heard, and I'm also just curious what you think the lifespan on these devices is supposed to be. Hope all's well. Keep it up. Great to hear from you, Jaime. I guess you could look at that a couple of different ways. First would be the battery pack, as that's obviously the heart of the car. The new chemistries could last a million miles, although Tesla didn't specifically talk about that in the battery day presentation, though that exact thing, the million mile battery, had been rumored for a long time. So, My guess is that Tesla doesn't want to promise anything 
until they're able to get enough testing data to feel confident in the claim. Because of course, simulating a million miles on a battery pack is one thing, but actually field testing it is another. So the battery packs should last a while. As to the cars themselves, well, given how few moving parts are in them, if you take good care of the car, it should last decades. I mean, that obviously is going to vary a little bit based on areas that, you know, might have salt on the roads in the wintertime. It'll vary, you know, general road conditions, uh, etc. That You know, the road conditions that could be harder on the suspension, potholes, things like that. But I would say the Cybertruck should especially last a long time given the stainless steel body. That I can personally speak and attest to, again, given my DeLorean experience. The DeLorean fleet, and obviously I'm well versed in it, it has proven to be very resilient as those cars start turning 40 next year. They're turning 40 years old. And the stainless steel body is a big part of that because, you know, how many DeLoreans do you see on the road? Not very many. Most of them are, they have sat. Some of them outside, some of them inside, but uh, I've seen a million DeLorean, not a million, obviously, but figuratively, I've seen a lot of DeLoreans in my time in the DeLorean community, and I've seen them in various conditions. And I mean, I've seen cars that have just been sitting outside for years, just rotting away. And guess what? The body's fine. So you can you can take care of the rest. You know, you can put new seats in, you can reupholster the interior, you can put new tires on it, you can, you know, work on the suspension. But yeah, the uh the Cybertruck should be the one that's especially durable over time. Uh for me, I I fully plan and expect to well, not expect. I fully hope and intend, should God willing, I have good health and I fully intend to drive the Roadster until I die. Like that's gonna that's a once in a lifetime car. It shouldn't happen to a you know middle class guy like me. So my intention is to keep it forever, treasure it forever, and that means if all goes well, I'll have it for forty years. I'll watch it go from a brand new supercar to a to, to achieving collector car designation which or historic vehicle designation which is generally once a, a car turns 25 years old but anyway i think teslas are going to hold up really really well in the long run overall howard from maryland is next take it away howard ryan howard from maryland here great job on the last podcast that was outstanding I'm kind of jealous that you got to participate in a Tesla Battery Day drive-in event. It's super cool. I'm really excited about the new battery technology and all the things that it will be part of. The idea of less expensive home uh, storage. Uh, the idea that we can have a less than $30,000 electric vehicle eventually we can get off of all of the fossil fuels and save the planet it's it's a big deal i hope that with the changes to um, you know the cells of internal combustion engines in california ending in 2035 and also in great britain in 2030 that all of the other car manufacturers 
look at what's going on, see where Tesla has gone, and commit to an earlier change in their manufacturing processes. It's exciting. Have a great day. Howard, first of all, thank you very much for the kind words. I sincerely appreciate it. As to your call's subject, I could not agree with you more. And pardon me again if I said this last week, but even if Tesla only gets halfway to its goal, it would still be a step change from where we are now and would radically move the ball forward toward that end zone of getting off of fossil fuels. Let's see if, to your point, this spurs any of the legacy automakers into action, just like I talked about earlier in the show, uh, or because the alternative, is like which basically they've always done up until now, they have, generally speaking, stuck their head in the sand every single time Tesla does something significant, such as, say, release the Model S, release the Model 3. Eventually, though, Tesla's going to get big enough in their rearview mirrors that they're going to have to take action. But of course, if they wait too long, if they wait till Tesla is a little too big in that rearview mirror, it might end up being too late for some of them. To be clear, I hope not. I hope that nobody has to go out of business to learn this lesson and transition to electric vehicles. But just historically speaking, given the industry, the general industry-wide reaction to Tesla over the past decade, I figure somebody is going to have to die, uh, corporately speaking, not, not no people, corporate, uh, for that lesson to really sink in for the rest of these companies. Thank you for your call, Howard. Let me go do, uh, down to Florida now and talk to John from Tallahassee. Hey, Ryan, John here from Tallahassee. Longtime listener, first time caller. I'm trying to start a movement to convince Tesla to offer an option for owners to transfer their full self-driving to their next Tesla. I had a Model 3 with FSD, and when I went to sell it, FSD added zero value to trade-in offers and little value to third-party buyers unless they were dying for FSD. Since I never realized much value from FSD, when I got my Model Y in July, I didn't buy it. I'm on the list for a Cybertruck, so might only have the Y for a couple years and don't want to throw money away again. But if I knew I could transfer my FSD to my next Tesla, I'd buy it today, even if it required additional payment for what might then be the cost. I did a poll on one of the forums, and twice as many people said they would buy FSD today if they could transfer it than those who said they already had FSD. That would be a two or three times increase in FSD uptake. It would be a win-win for Tesla. They would sell more FSD, owners would stick with the brand, and they would still have the option to sell FSD upgrades to used car buyers. What do you say, Ryan? Are you with me? Hi, John. Yes, I am totally with you. I mean, you certainly make a good case for it. It could be beneficial to both the consumer as well as Tesla in terms of building loyalty with that customer. I mean, this isn't exactly apples to apples, but... That's effectively what video game console makers and smartphone companies do now. They encourage you to stay in their ecosystems by allowing you to transfer purchases and other things when you upgrade your hardware device. And while Tesla might not really have any competitors to their ecosystem now, eventually, as Tesla, as Elon, sorry, noted at Battery Day, 
everyone will be making electric vehicles and things like what you propose would be really big reasons to stay in the Tesla ecosystem. So yes, I am 100% with you on this, John. At the very, very least, Tesla could offer a discount on full self-driving for returning customers or maybe a, offer a, like a, a transfer fee uh, if you, you know, to, so which I guess maybe equate out the same way, uh, whichever, you know, side of that coin you want to take there. But side note, by the way, John, uh, you should absolutely be a voiceover artist. Your voice has just instantly, as soon as I started listening to your call, what an incredibly pleasant, professional sort of just smooth tone to it. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if that is, in fact, your line of work. But anyway... Uh, thank you very much, John. I very much appreciate the call. Let me go next to Jay in Silver Spring, Maryland. Hey, Ryan. One of the things that really surprised me about Battery Day was hearing that the Model 3 and the Model Y uh, would be using different battery technologies in the future. Um, I think that's kind of odd since uh, until now I, I feel like the 3 and the Y have basically been variations of the same vehicle. People have different choices in terms of styles. Um, and the internal hardware has been very, very similar. Um, do you think that the difference bodes, uh, you know, that, that there may be differences, uh, bigger differences in the future? First of all, Jay, it sounds like you are sitting out on your porch while recording that on a lovely summer night. And I'm very, very jealous of you out here in, in uh, San Francisco, where unfortunately the wildfire smoke has returned and the air quality has uh has turned south. But anyway, to your question, you are wise to bring this up. And I confess, I overlooked this during my battery day analysis. Yes, it specifically seems as though the $25,000 car, which now, by the way, seems to be the vehicle uh, that is targeted for the robo taxi, though that's not to say the three won't also be a part of it. Or I mean, any Tesla could be a part of it, but uh, at least that's how I interpreted the slide deck. But Anyway, the $25,000 car and the Model 3 were listed as having the same battery chemistry, while the Y was lumped in with the S and the X in the next chemistry level, and of course the Cybertruck, Semi, and I presume Roadster, though it wasn't specifically listed, will have the highest nickel count batteries. I imagine the 3 and the Y are going to be scaling to such a volume where it makes sense to split them up uh, in more ways if Tesla wants to. You know, they share so many parts now, allegedly about, you know, three quarters of the parts. Though to answer your question, I don't expect they will necessarily. If Tesla is doing half a million threes and half a million Ys annually by the end of next year or so, then they could have separate battery packs and still keep their costs down. But... At the same time, you never know. The 3 and the Y obviously have a lot in common, but plans do change over time. So perhaps they'll diverge more in the coming years along with this new battery technology. But excellent observation on your part, Jay, and thank you very much for your call. KH from Orange County is awaiting a Cybertruck. Let's hear from KH. Hey, Ryan, this is KH from Orange County, California. Short time listener, first time caller. I've been binging your show for several weeks, and I started in around the Cybertruck unveiling episodes, and now I'm all caught up. Woohoo! As you probably guessed, I got my pre-order in for the Cybertruck, which will be my first Tesla. 
unless I'm impatient and do a miracle budget somehow for an additional Model X as well. I, I'm very tall, so my options are limited. Um, I just start, finished watching the 2020 Battery Day, and I, I was stoked to see that you got to ask some questions to Elon. That's so cool. Uh, and in the theme of batteries, I do have a question for you. Uh, so using the single motor Cybertruck for an example, uh, what are the options and prices for replacing and more importantly, upgrading the battery packs on vehicles outside of warranty? 10 years, 20 years, or whatever, after I buy my Cybertruck, I'd, I'd want the option to pay to increase the max range of the vehicle if it was possible, especially if the battery trend continues the way it's going. Uh, sorry, this has already been covered, uh, but I also wanted to add that all of my life, I've never, ever been a car person. I dislike them in general. The problem is they're way too much maintenance for both time and money, and they're terrible for the environment. And most of all, I dislike the driving experience. I live near LA, and it bombards me with stress being stuck in six to seven lanes of horrendous stop and go traffic, plus all the travel time lost. So yeah, I, I don't even own one yet, but I, I think Tesla's making me a car person. Uh, this is a twist I didn't really see coming, and I, I couldn't be happier about it. Uh, thanks so much for the show. I love your fa- fanboy enthusiasm, and that you're still not afraid to call out problems when you see them. Everybody else listening, you all really rock too. All right, cheers. KH, I promise that you are not alone in the idea of not really being a car person until Tesla came along. There were definitely a lot of heads nodding along out there as they listened to your call uh, during the podcast here. I hope your Cybertruck reservation gets uh, turned into a proper real-life Cybertruck and delivered to you in the not-too-distant future. But in the meantime, to your question about the battery pack, what's interesting is that Tesla used to offer this in the company's early days. You could, when you bought your Roadster, the original Roadster, You could prepay for a replacement battery when you bought the car. I want to say, if memory serves, it was something like $12,000. And then years later, they sold the, actually, technically, I think that's still available. uh, They sold the Roadster 3.0 upgrade that replaced the battery pack with a much larger one that has a 400-mile range battery. In the uh, for the original Roadster, now that I'm remembering much more clearly was slash is thirty thousand dollars. Of course, that's a lot of money, but the original Roadster now is a collector car. If you're, you know, if you're if you're gonna you're gonna be willing to pay that kind of money because you're gonna probably keep the original Roadster for the long haul. But anyway, uh, I don't believe you can just buy a battery pack for any of the four Teslas that are currently in production, even if you wanted to upgrade it. And with the future battery technology that we heard about at Battery Day, making the cost of the batteries much lower, I'm not sure if that will change Tesla's mind on that or not. I would expect it to not be possible, uh, but especially remember the part from Battery Day about the Model Y and the the new way they're going to build it about the, the pack being integrated as, as part of the structure, like as part of the structure of the car, well, that's probably going to make swapping out the battery pack, if not prohibitively expensive, maybe uh, prohibitively annoying from a service perspective. So my gut says it's probably not going to be possible. But even if I am correct on that, know that your Cybertruck battery pack should last many decades. I will close this uh, response to your call with this advice since you're newer to the podcast. I realize everybody's finances are different, but I humbly recommend buying as much range as you possibly can 
even if that means not buying the full self-driving package for autopilot, since that you can purchase as a software unlock later after you've already taken delivery of the car. Because obviously for the time being, you can't buy more range on your Tesla. Yes, there have been exceptionally rare pockets of of time and, and builds in Model S and Model X over the years that I won't get into here where you actually could pay to upgrade. But anyway, uh, that was a software unlock. That was battery that was already there that was just software locked. But anyway, um, the thing is, you never know when you might want that extra range, even if you don't care at all about the extra performance that comes along with that range. So that was a long-winded response there. I hope that helps. And we've got a couple more callers here. And Andrew from Ottawa is up next, also responding to Battery Day. Go ahead, Andrew. Hey, Ryan. Andrew from Ottawa calling about uh, Battery Day and wanted to know what your thoughts were on the vehicle to grid. I know you mentioned you had a few emails, but I was... Uh, Thought I'd toss my name in the hat. I was a little confused by a couple of the comments. One being uh, Elon's comments about waking up to an empty battery. Like, we already have the software in our vehicles today to change that with the scheduled departure time. Um, and especially with an auto bidder, I feel like it could generate a small amount of profit and reduce peaker power plants. Like, even if 10% of the million Tesla vehicles on the road today and ever increasing fleets, uh, especially with Tesla's notorious constant improvement and pushing towards sustainable future. I, I don't understand why that wouldn't be a consideration to remove a couple coal-fired peaker power plants from the grid or uh, bringing uh, like localized power outages in your city. You could go charge somewhere else and then uh, come back home and provide power to your home. Now, I know that he was talking about some hardware limitations in North America, but that in Europe it could just be a uh, software update, and I feel like that's just a bit of a missed opportunity. Um, wondered, wondering what your thoughts are. I mean, we could also have like a semi loaded with uh, Tesla semi loaded with uh, medical supplies and food that goes to a disaster zone and also provides power to the area. Um, so I just wanted to know your thoughts because uh, I feel like that. Like I said, it's a missed opportunity. Thanks. Take care. Happy birthday and uh, keep up the great work. Bye. I don't disagree with you at all, Andrew. Those are all very valid points. And by the way, Andre from Norway, tip of the cap there, also called in along those same lines. And he added that Elon's got power walls to sell, which I think is a good point as well. The good news is, of course, that Drew followed up Elon's reasoning for not supporting it now by saying that future vehicles are going to support it. So that's good news. Finally, this week, our uh, last caller is Christian from Southern California. You're on the air, Christian. Hey, Ryan. This is Christian from SoCal, a uh, longtime listener of the show. Thanks for everything you do. I was just calling about uh, your recent episode where you talked about being surprised that the plaid is going on sale about a year uh, in advance of it actually being um, delivered to anyone. Um, if I remember correctly, I think it was about a year ago, didn't Elon say when they were testing the plaid in Germany that uh, he expected it would go on sale? Um, sometime uh, in the fall of this year. So if that's the case, it seems like the timeline still works out, even though you can't take delivery of the car. Um, but I also think that another reason that they have uh, they opened the pre-orders was to take another uh, take some market share back from Lucid. I think any buyers who may be uh, contemplating buying a Lucid now have a decision to make whether or not they want to wait another six months or so for 
Tesla and get a guaranteed supercharging network and, you know, a, a car from a manufacturer that's been around longer. So I think there's there was definitely a strategic play here um, on his part. And I think he was also waiting to see what the Lucid specs were going to be before they tried to one-up them. Um, thanks again for the show. Uh, and I really love the recap from Battery Day and looking forward to more episodes. Well, the hotline callers making a ton of great points this week. Christian, thank you. You have made another great point. Trying to lock in potential Lucid Air customers on a Model S Plaid makes a ton of sense. Now, if the schedules for both companies hold, Tesla's going to have to hang on to those people for an extra six months because the Lucid is due out in the spring and Plaid, of course, is due out in the fall. Uh, as to the orders starting now, maybe I interpreted Elon's original pre-pandemic statements wrong, but I thought that Elon had originally meant that the Plaid S would be out by the end of this year. And he did say, after all, on Joe Rogan's podcast that COVID set them back on everything by months. So I'm not sure there, but I'm quite sure about your excellent reasoning with regard to Lucid. Thank you very much for your call. Thanks to all of you for calling in. I love this part of the show. Please call in. I'd love to hear from you if you've got a good Tesla question, comment, or discussion topic. I gave you the call-in information at the top of this segment. For now, though, stick with me. I'm not quite done. I'm going to tell you about my Chrome Delete coming up after this. It just got done, as well as your Pro Tip of the Week right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. Well, I had a fun week with my car. I got my Chrome Delete done. I want to thank Joe and the team at OC Detailing, which, by the way, one of the best shop names for a detailer you could possibly have oc detailing i mean immaculate reflections is also great there's the detailer naming game is strong here in the bay area but uh oc detailing getting that uh chrome delete done for me and now i uh my model three looks like a model y as far as the, the trim goes but i love it i like the black on the red it's a cool look if you're curious to take a look at what my car looks like now with the zero G wheels and the and the Chrome delete, you can check it out on my Instagram, which is DMC underscore Ryan. I was thinking when I was looking at it today, uh, when I was down there, I was like, you know, my car actually looks a lot different than it looks a month looked a month ago. The we different wheels that are a different color, totally different style, totally changed the personality of the car, and then the Chrome delete too. But I'm digging it. I am happy. So uh, good stuff there. I don't plan to do anything else. I think I'm all set. I've, I've tinted the windows a little bit and you know, done all this. So I'm in good shape. The car looks awesome. I'm super, super happy about it. Uh, for, let's see here, pro tip of the week time. Let me go to Sarah from Cleveland. Go ahead, Sarah. Hi, Ryan. This is Sarah from the Cleveland area of Ohio. And I'm not sure if it's a comment or a pro tip, but I discovered something. Uh, when I pull into my garage, it's not necessarily narrow. Um, however, it is short. So I'm constantly bringing up my rear camera to make sure that the back end of my car passes over a certain threshold piece of tape I have on the ground. And uh, that way I can close the door without scratching the car. 
Having said that, I actually came across this inadvertently. Um, the small arrow icon, um, which takes you to the menu for the options such as uh, for Toybox, the rear camera, Internet. Um, instead of actually pushing the button and then pushing um, whichever icon um, you want to access, if you actually slide your finger in the direction of the arrow on the icon, um, it takes you to your last used um, feature of that menu. So I didn't know if other people were aware of that, but I wanted to share it. Thanks so much. Tell Daisy hello, and thanks again for all you do. Thanks. That is an excellent tip, Sarah. Thanks. It's the perfect definition of a pro tip, honestly. A handy shortcut that isn't obvious and isn't spelled out in the manual anywhere. And by the way, I also, I love that in a Tesla, uh, you can turn on the backup camera at any time, whether you're doing 70 miles an hour or you're just, you know, in your garage trying to, but, but you know, you're, but the car's going forward and you want to just check behind you to make sure you're over that threshold so you're in properly. So, Good stuff. Thank you, Sarah. And if anybody else out there has a pro tip of the week, something interesting about your car that uh, may be useful to other owners that's not super obvious or spelled out in the manual, drop me a line. You can send it in in the same way that you send in the Ride the Lightning hotline calls. All right. A few friends of the podcast here to mention. Actually, some new discounts, some new stuff here. So pay attention. If you normally blow through this section, I would encourage you to maybe give it a listen this week. Let me start with Abstract Ocean. The promo code for the first-time customers, a little birdie told me that it will work again for everyone for another round. So if you've already used this coupon code, maybe head on back to abstractocean.com and give it another try for 15% off of your order. They've got a new product, actually a couple of interesting new products. The a rear footwell lighting kit, so a nice you know under under the seat down where your your feet are in the second row, that'll like really class it up, uh, kind of match the front the the front row seats there that that uh, footwell lighting, so you can get that, and then there's a drop in cup holder stabilizer too to to kind of keep your drinks more snug in that in those two cup holders in the front center console. So plus there's uh, all kinds of other stuff, tempered glass screen protectors, the uh, the vinyl wrap kits for the center console, et cetera, et cetera. Again, the Costco of Tesla aftermarket accessories, abstractocean.com. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST, all one word, all together, RTLPODCAST. Use that code at checkout for that 15% discount off of your order. Meanwhile... Uh, at SnapPlate, my friends at livingtesla.com slash RTL, that's the URL for that one, livingtesla.com slash RTL, they've got the SnapPlate for all four Teslas, uh, and they've created a coupon code for you guys, well, for, for me, for you guys, which I am sincerely grateful to them for. Coupon code is simply RTL, and that will give you 10% off of your entire order this code is valid through the month of October, so a limited window on this. LivingTesla.com slash RTL, coupon code RTL. Get that front license plate bracket that snaps on and off in seconds. For those of you like me that hate front license plates, but you might need one, whether it's for uh, going through a toll, whether it's for parking at a parking meter so you don't uh, get avoid the meter uh, meter-made ticket, 
You want to take it off for a car show. You want to take it off a car wash. Whatever you're up to, check it out. Uh, Immaculate Reflections, of course, is around and ready here in the Bay Area to fulfill your detailing desires, whether it is uh, ceramic coating for maybe the whole car, maybe just the wheels, whatever you kind of mix and match, do what you want to do. There's also paint correction, paint protection film for some or all the car. Mentioned that you are a Ride the Lightning listener when you get in contact with Jeff And there's a discount waiting for you if you book with him. The website is irdetailing.com. As for Pure Tesla, your one-stop shop for all your dash cam and sentry mode needs, check them out, puretesla.com slash RTL. That is the key, slash RTL on that URL. And get uh, one of either of the two kits they sell. Either one's going to work right out of the package. You just open up the package, plug it straight into your car, Good to go. $49 for a 128 gigabyte kit. That's what I'm using. Or the 256 gigabyte kit is $69. So check them out, puretesla.com slash RTL. Jada, of course, makers of the excellent Jada wireless charging pad that I'm a big fan of in my Model 3. They also have the USB hub for both the 3 and the Y. That, of course, adding a number of additional USB ports as well as that cool dummy door that where you can hide your pure Tesla dash cam kit so that if anybody ever did get into your car, they'd never find that to be able to remove the evidence. So uh, both whether, whether you want to grab the USB hub or and or the wireless charging pad, coupon code there is ride the lightning, all one word. And the URL, please use this URL if you wouldn't mind. It is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. Check that out. Let's see here. I think that is about everyone other than saying, if you don't already subscribe to the podcast, you can do so for free on any of the major podcast services from Apple Podcasts to Google Podcasts to Stitcher to TuneIn to Spotify or on YouTube, just it's just audio on YouTube, but it is there if that's how you'd like to listen to it. Just search Ride the Lightning Tesla and you will find that. Uh, if you just put in Ride the Lightning, you're probably going to find Metallica videos. Anyway, in hindsight, probably should have picked a simpler name for the podcast or at least one that wasn't already associated with something else. But I got too clever for my own good. What can I say? Uh, I will end by mentioning the Patreon. Uh, this is, of course... The way to support this podcast in an ongoing way, should you choose to do that, should you decide uh, that that's something you'd like to do, I would sincerely appreciate it if you uh, do feel willing and able to do that. A lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of effort, enthusiasm, love, a lot of uh, just joy, a lot of effort goes into this thing, no matter how you slice it. And if, uh, if you can support me in that, I sincerely appreciate it. I've got a few little perks up there as, as sort of thank yous if you do decide to be a part of the Patreon, from ranging from early access to each week's episode up to all the way up to, you know, a bonus episode every month. I mentioned that at the top, as well as caller priority and uh, getting your shout out at the end of each podcast, which I'm going to do right now for the Patreon producer tier. So I want to say first a hello and a thank you to my newest Patreon producers, Fernando Cordero and Eric St. Pierre. Thank you both so very much. 
In addition to the rest of the producer crew, Pete White, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Jerry and Mary Smith, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peak, Will Stedman, Evie Tricity UK, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, Richard Folkers, Trenton from Myrtle Beach, The Lydia Family, Michael Regal, Mark Eversall, Ish, Chris Beach, Aaron Altschul, Steve Radspinner, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Seth Capello, Jamie Dalton, Noel and Lucy Murphy, my friend on Twitter, at Rodam, Nick and Tony, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, and John Schmidt. Thank you all so very much for your support. Every little bit helps. It adds up. I promise you, you're making a wonderful, positive difference in my life, and I sincerely appreciate it to all of you who are with me on Patreon. For a... Mm, yeah, nope, she's still kind of awake, Daisy the Boxer. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was Ride the Lightning, episode 270. And we'll do it again next week, of course. Same time, same place, every week, every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. Happy electric motoring, my friends. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make, it's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.